How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And if somebody's going to have a negative opinion of you because you're you know, wearing a hairpiece or wearing a wig or shaving your head, then that's not somebody you need in your life. On this week's episode, I speak with my friend Rebecca about her experience with hair loss, and we talk a lot about how society often tells us, or perhaps we believe that society tells us, how we should look and what makes beauty and what should give us confidence. So I think this conversation is really important to have because Rebecca is her truest self when she is choosing whatever makes her feel most authentic. And so we talked through some of those moments and, and maybe why she chooses to wear hair pieces at certain times and why she chooses to go fully shaved head at times. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation. We have a couple laughs within. She has a similar dry sense of humor as me. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with my friend Rebecca. I'm Matt Huli, and this is The Life Shift. Candid conversations about the pivotal moments that have changed lives forever. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Life Shift Podcast. I am here with my friend Rebecca, and we are going to probably talk about some pretty impactful things uh, this episode but we're also going to laugh because this is something that we do pretty regularly. So thanks for being a part of this, Rebecca. I'm really excited to be here, Matt. And so you know this, but our listeners don't, that this is our first time meeting. Yes. Officially. It's very exciting to actually see you face to face through the computer. (laughs) Because we have been chatting for a while now, I'm not sure how long on LinkedIn and kind of just talking each other through these journeys that we're going on. Uh, one is you're currently looking for a kick-ass position somewhere in a leadership and a development position. And I'm doing this podcast thing. I don't know if anyone knows that's listening that I have a podcast. Wait, what? I thought we <laughs> yeah, were just having a conversation here. here. This is being recorded. <laughs> So we've been talking and we joke around pretty much every day to kind of get through the mess of what happens on a regular basis for those people looking for jobs and for those people navigating the LinkedIn waters. But I am thankful for LinkedIn that we do have this connection. Yes, it has been it has been great. And I think it's been a couple of months now that we connected on LinkedIn and you were, I think the first post I remember commenting on of yours, you were talking about whether or not you should walk in your graduation ceremony. So, and then we started conversations about podcasting because as, as you know, my boyfriend also has an indie podcast. So kind of found a connection there and yeah, then just kind of 
you know, I feel like we have very similar senses of humor and perspectives on LinkedIn and the world and job searching. And it's been great to kind of have somebody as a supporter, you know, there who, even though we've never met before today, you know, I know that, you know, you're in my corner and you know, I'm in yours. And it's been a really, really rewarding experience. 100%. And I didn't pay her to say any of those nice things. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is that I, that post, uh, so anyone listening, I made a post on LinkedIn over the summer because I was really conflicted about walking for this master's degree that I did during the pandemic, which I've been calling my pandemic masters. And that got a lot, that got a lot of attention. And it changed my mind and I actually did end up walking. So thank you for participating in that. But everyone was like, you need to start celebrating these things. And I guess I just had discounted it as another check mark, which I think you can agree with. Uh, sometimes yeah. we get caught up in just achievements like done that. I forgot about that actually until you just brought <laughs> it up. So uh, thanks for reminding me of uh, my shame from the summer. <laughs> no, no problem. And it is definitely something to to celebrate. And so we're not here to talk about us on LinkedIn. So we're here to talk about your pivotal moment or the the time in your life in which you made a decision to be a even better version of yourself or a more authentic version of yourself. And so that's as much teasing as I'm going to do before you kind of give us a little bit about you and what you were like or what your life was like leading up to this moment. And then we can go from there. Sounds good. So I guess I'll start... I can go way, way back, but we can we can follow up with that history later on because it's not as relevant. But going back to about 2016, 2017, I was going through a really rough time in my then marriage. Um, things were you know, not going south very quickly and going through a lot of stress. Then in early 2018, made the decision to end my marriage after some other life-shifting events that are topics for another day. And at the same time, our daughter was in first grade and we determined we were going to stay in our house, live as a household until the summer, let her finish out the year. So then it was the stress of number one, living with somebody that I knew we were not going to have that kind of a relationship anymore, navigating it with a six and then seven year old as she was processing those emotions and looking for a completely new place to live. So in the summer of 2018, I moved three times. I was, I think technically could be considered homeless, although I was subletting some poor grad student studio apartment for about a month between when we sold our house and closed on that and my lease started on my actual apartment. So there was a lot of stress of moving and getting storage units and cleaning out this house that had been our first family home that you know, our daughter learned how to walk in and talk in and started kindergarten in and, you know, all of those, those big feelings. And then because that wasn't enough, at the same time, the position I was in at the time, the organization was going through a huge system technology conversion that required my team and I, I was overseeing our learning and development area to do training for about 200 employees to make sure. Is that all? That's all. Yeah. Just a couple. Okay. Just small. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty small. No big deal. To make sure that by the time the systems converted at the end of the year, we were up and running. Everybody was, was functional. So there were a lot of late nights, early mornings, working weekends, just putting in all of these hours. In the meantime, navigating being a single parent, then eventually starting to date again. So it was just a lot. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, it was, I look back on, especially the summer of that year and think, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. 
and I'm in a much better place for it, but it was definitely stressful. I think a lot of people can relate to like when you're in the moment, it just, you just kind of make things happen. And then you look back and you're like, I don't think there's a way that I could do that. Like, I feel, how did I do that? Yeah. So it gives you a new perspective of like how badass you are. Yeah. So then kind of throughout that year, and I think I realized, I really came to notice it at Halloween and at my former organization, Halloween was a big deal. There was a costume contest, you know, prizes. Everybody tried to compete to see who had the best decorations in their area, the whole nine yards. So my team and I decided to do the Wizard of Oz and I was Dorothy. So I had my cute little blue dress and I had red shoes and I tried to put my hair in two braids and they were like so teeny. I was like, oh, and I had always had thin hair growing up. I probably remember, you know, being in middle school, high school and thinking like, oh, my ponytail isn't as like bouncy and floofy and I can't really do the big 80s bangs like all my friends can. (laughs) Darn. I know. I really missed out on that look. (laughs) But at that point, and as I was fixing my hair for my Halloween costume, I was like, oh, okay. You know, this is, this is kind of not good, but I hadn't noticed like huge clumps of hair falling out. I had apparently just been steadily losing it. Then January of 2019, I was out with friends and we were taking pictures and I'm looking at the pictures online the the next day. And I'm like, good Lord, like I can see more of my head than I can see of my hair. And I freaked out. And so then I started Googling like crazy. And I had tried like hair restoration, if you will, um, you know, Rogaine and essential oils and stuff like that in the past. Prior to this? Prior to this. um, Because like I said, I had always had really thin hair. So after my daughter was born and then after I stopped nursing her, there's kind of that common postpartum hair shed. And so that had happened at that point. So that's when I was like, okay, well, let me just do this. And that did really did help for a little bit, but obviously not, not for good. Yeah. And you mentioned like throughout your life, you, you had like thin hair. Did that, did you ever really pay attention to it or was it just like, you just had thin hair? It was just kind of like, sometimes it would bother me because I wouldn't be able to have as elaborate, you know, prom hairstyles or, you know, be able to do my hair in in certain ways that some of my friends who had a lot of hair really could. So like in that comparison sense of, you know, society says we need to have X, Y, Z, a woman in Mm -hmm. the 80s must have Aquanet hair. Yes. Like an absolute, and you wear that little face or you put that face shield up before you spray. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 So those were the moments of more so it didn't, did it bother you? Or was it more just in a comparison sense that you just couldn't do those things? It was more in a comparison sense. I mean, and I did save on hairspray. So, I mean, there's that. (laughs) But I had also noticed it, especially in college, because as as you know, and, you know, for your listeners who don't, I'm also a dancer, not, I call myself a amateur professional or a professional amateur because I don't get paid for it, but I love to do it. I take it just as seriously as a lot of professionals do. Most people stereotypically think of a ballerina. They've got the beautiful, you know, ballet bun, hair slicked back, looking perfect, nothing out of place. So I noticed it in college when we would have performances and I would have to do a few little you know, teasing tricks to make my bun kind of the standard size so that all of the ballerinas in the core looked the same. So I had kind of noticed it, but it was just kind of like a an annoyance more than anything else. But it hadn't bothered me. You figured out the ways to to adjust. Exactly. Exactly. And I've been able to pass that on to other dancers who have, you know, not the same level of, of hair issues that I do, but who also have less hair than some of their counterparts to say, oh, well, if you do this, it's going to look a lot fuller. And, you know, here's how we can make it make it work. So knowledge sharing. And that's interesting, too. And I don't know much about the the ballet space. But is there I know maybe not as much now or hopefully not as much now, but is there that standard 
in the industry itself of the look. Oh, totally. Totally. Like, is it expected by yes. instructors I mean, and especially and all those other people? for professional companies? I know that there is one professional dancer who's more of a modern dancer who has alopecia who's completely bald and she's gorgeous. She was on, she was on America's favorite dancer, whatever that, that show was that was on for, for quite a while. But in terms of ballet, there very much is the, you know, your hair is pulled back and everybody looks the same. There are even some companies that will have their dancers actually wear wigs of buns. So they all look the same. So I know Royal Ballet has in the past for some of their productions. Luckily, the studio where, where I dance, it's more accepted to have dancers who have either very, very short hair or kind of, you know, hair like mine. When I perform in most roles, I'm playing a mother character or an evil villain or somebody who I can wear a wig and the audience is none the wiser. But there definitely is kind of that hair standard for for ballet. Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, I don't think that back then, at least, you know, like growing up maybe in your college years, I don't think it stopped at the hair, right? Mm -mm. I think it stopped at body size. I think it stopped at uh, background, you know, ethnic background. Mm -hmm. It stopped at a lot of places that hopefully this is adjusting, right? This is adjusting with the times a little bit. Slowly adjusting. There are definitely some companies that still have kind of their standards. You know, we want all ballerinas to be between five foot three and five foot six. And dancers who are, if you look at them on the street, you think, wow, she's so thin, who are told by directors, hey, you've put on a few pounds, you know, you need to to really watch your your intake. And so it's an unfortunate, still, still, it's, it's getting better. And there is getting to be more acceptance of alternative body types, body shapes, sizes, ethnicities, but there's still a long way to go in the ballet world. I mean, it's great that you're, you have the opportunity to continue doing that. What was kind of the moment in which you were like, okay, my hair is thinning a lot more than it was. My life feels a little hectic. Just a smidge, just a, just a little hectic. When was the moment that, that you kind of changed things for yourself? So in my professional researching on Google and Instagram, Dr. Google, yes, Mm -hmm. I found several sites that talked about female hair loss and, and remedies and all of this other stuff. And something in the back of my head was like, I don't really believe that this is going to work for me. And I don't know that that's a path I really want to go down. Then I turned to the next, my next favorite thing to research on Instagram. Oh, well, yes. Of course. So I can't remember exactly what I searched, but ended up finding all of these pages with other women, most of whom were anywhere from mid-20s to you know early 40s, who also had hair loss. And seeing other women who... I could relate to who, you know, kind of in scrolling through their profiles, I could tell, you know, oh, you know, they're professional and they're they're successful and they look happy. But I mean, really, most people look happy on Instagram. So digging, digging into those and starting to follow those, those women and starting conversations with some of them in their DMs about what their experience was like. And that kind of opened this whole door to me to, I don't have to just accept this. I can run with this. I can own this and not make it as something that I need to run away from, but as something that I can embrace as a part of who I am. And I mean, and growing up in the time period that you did, I mean, I think we were conditioned very much so that appearance was everything. And for a woman, it's 
often defined or was often defined by the hair. Oh, and, totally. And blonde and beautiful. And mm-hmm. this is, and always starting with blonde, right? Always like blonde. The, des- the descriptor was always the hair piece. Yes. So finding that, that strength, I, I, I don't have another word for it right now, but you know, finding the strength to, to embrace something like that, was that difficult for you knowing like how you, the the generation that you grew up in? It was a bit, and it was more nerve wracking because I kept thinking, well, what are other people going to think? Mm. And again, going back to, to some of the women I connected with through social media, hearing them say either on their stories or in their posts, you can't care what other people think. You can only care about what you think. And if somebody's going to have a negative opinion of you because you're, you know, wearing a hairpiece or wearing a wig or shaving your head, then that's not somebody you need in your life. And also hearing them say, in the grand scheme of things, nobody really gives a fuck what you're doing as long as it's not impacting them negatively. Right. It's it's I mean, it's true, but people will you know, people will make guesses or perceptions of how any of us look. So, I mean, at the end of the day, who really cares Right. if those people are doing that anyway? What was your, like, what was your first step? Did you? So I had reached out to a woman who actually lives in Australia, who is one of the big kind of hair loss influencers. She kept popping up as I was researching and slid into her DMs and <laughs> asked about a piece that she was wearing. And she gave me the name of a company um, that's based in New York that makes human hair wigs. And they're also called, so there are wigs which cover your entire head. And then there are also something I'd never heard of, which are called toppers, which for those who have enough hair, you can clip it into your regular hair. So it kind of sits right on top of your head. It clips in, it has a comb in the front. If you have enough hair, you can blend the front of your hair so that it matches and it looks completely natural for most people. So she gave me the name of this company. I went on their website. I, you know, did some some more research, read more reviews, and ultimately bought a topper. Then it came and I tried it on and I was like, oh my God, I've never had this much hair in my life. <laughs> did you like it? I did. I, I actually really liked it. And now looking back, it was probably the one that had the least amount of hair of any piece that I bought since then because I didn't know what to expect. I bought it and I then I did take it to my hairdresser at the time who had been kind of talking with me about you know, my hair loss as, as the years have gone on. And she styled it, you know, kind of shaped it a little bit more and made it look more like my hair, just a whole lot more of it. Was this related mostly to the stress and the anxiety that you were going through? Or is it is it a true condition that you that you may have? I think it's probably a bit of both. I think it was okay. triggered by the the stress, the anxiety, the major changes that were happening in my life over a couple of years. But I think there's off, there also may be some hereditary components to it. Um, I don't know of any other females in my family who have hair loss, but I know on my mother's side, my paternal grandfather, as well as both of my uncles on that side are... Well, my grandfather was fairly bald when he passed away. My uncles both have, you know, very nice shiny heads. And so I think there could be some elements there. I will say I've never actually gotten an official diagnosis because I didn't feel it was necessary. It's kind of like, I know what it is. I don't need a medical professional to say, what it is. I remember at one point bringing it up to my primary physician when I went in for a physical or or something. And she just kind of dismissed it as, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Some people lose their hair as they get older. You're fine. Because it was kind of like, well, you still have hair. It's no big deal. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, well, it's kind of a big deal to me. (laughs) So that's kind of what led me to think, well, I'm not going to worry about getting getting any kind of official diagnosis because I know what it is. Right. And two, like what, what would that change? Right. Exactly. 
like I could check off a box. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I only ask because I'm, I'm totally ignorant to, to it. I've never, you know, I haven't experienced it and I don't know if that is something that needs to be diagnosed. If that's something that's even, is it even treatable? If it was, I mean, there are there are topical medicines. There are some medications that are supposed to kind of slow down the progression of of hair loss. The one benefit of getting an official diagnosis is that some insurance plans may pay or may offset the cost of purchasing a hairpiece. But I didn't. Luckily, I was financially in a place where I didn't need to explore insurance options, but I know that there have been other others who have been in this position who have gone that route just specifically for being able to get that doctor's authorization. So how long was how long ago was that first hairpiece purchase? That was in the winter of 2019. Okay, so not less than three years ago. Not too long ago. Well, and the reason I ask is for those of you just listening on audio, you are rocking a bald head. Yeah. I mean, essentially bald yeah. head and like, it, it looks awesome. Thank you. So what was the, you know, is this, is this a regular for you or where, where are you in this hair piece and non hair piece shaving your head? Like when did you first shave your head? <laughs> so, so many questions. So many, so many questions. So, well, then we had the pandemic happen. Um, so I'll, I'll get to the what pandemic. I know. Right. I forgot all about that. <laughs> so through the, through the pandemic, I kind of tried different things with my hair, you know, putting, you know, fun colors and whatever hair I had left. It was really beneficial when everything went on zoom, because then I could just literally like plop hair on my head two seconds before turning my camera on and, then take it off right after. And everybody would be like, Oh, you look so nice. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> and then in the fall of 2020, I cut my hair really short. So it had, I had like a cute little pixie cut. Um, my daughter told me I looked like Captain Marvel and cause it was also quite blonde at that time. So, and I had that shorter hairstyle for about a year and a half and I would still, I would still wear hair pieces, but I started getting gradually more comfortable going out without having hair on. So just having short hair. And then it was New Year's Eve, 2021. My boyfriend, Nick asked me to, to buzz his head as I do regularly, you know, using the clippers with whatever you know setting, however short he wants to go. And I just looked at him and I was like, why don't you buzz mine too? And he said, you know, are you, are you sure? Are you serious? And I said, let's, I said, let's do it. I was like, if I absolutely hate it, if I can't stand it, it will grow back. Cause my hair does grow. There's just not that much of it. So we did. And you know, the first time we did it for anybody who's familiar with, you know, hair clippers, um, they have kind of different levels of setting. So I think we did like a level three. So I had maybe, you know, a half an inch or so. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, no, let's take this a little bit shorter. So I went down to like a two. And then a few times after that, I went down to a one. And then now I've just started taking like a straight razor in the shower and really, yeah. And just letting it, letting it do its thing. So, so this is actually very, very recent that, yeah, that this look is happening. Thank you. What was it like the first time you went out with that fully shaved head for you? Did you feel how did you feel? It was nerve wracking. It, it yeah. really was because especially in, in our society, as you had alluded to earlier, hair is a big deal, deal for women. And for a lot of women, it's how they define their femininity, their beauty, their, you know, themselves. It's how they're taught to define. Thank you. Yes. And it's pretty common to go out in the world and see any number of men or, you know, male identifying individuals who have either very little or no hair, but you don't see that many women, if any, on a daily basis who don't have hair 
unless you see someone who you know is going through a chemo treatment or another medical treatment where hair loss is a is a side effect of their medical condition. So the first time I think I totally just said screw it, this is how I'm going to going to do this was actually just this summer. Really? Yeah, just uh Back in July, Nick and and Avery, my daughter and I were going to meet my family in Cincinnati because we like the zoo and Fiona, the hippo. You like hippos. Shout out to hippos. So (laughs) it was, I knew it was going to be hot. It's not that much fun to have, you know, hair on when it's warm because when I had hair, I would always like to pull it up and have it off my neck, off my face and so I just said, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to take hair with me. So it was actually the first time, like officially, like in public, public was as we drove there from New York, we stopped in Cleveland and went to the Cleveland Zoo. And as we got out of the car, I turned to Nick and I said, should I put on a hat? And he goes, why? He was like, you've got sunscreen. And I was like, Okay. So sunscreened up my my nice white head because I'm really white for those viewers who uh, or those listeners who only have audio and rocked or rocked it around the zoo. And yeah, yeah. Did you feel I mean, I know you said it was nerve wracking to to think about it. But once you were out there, did you just I was just kind of like, oh, this this isn't so bad. I mean, you know, you can't tell the animals are probably judging us anyway. So hmm. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think earlier we talked about how people make perceptions, but also who cares? Right. Right. And and probably no one really gave a second thought to seeing you with no hair. Right. Because they don't know you. They don't know me. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because I still, even even though I'm more comfortable with it, I still have that level of anxiety when I'm more local. So I can travel. I've traveled this summer to any variety of places, gone to see family, gone to do a a ballet week, didn't wear hair at all. And everybody was, you know, very cool with it. And nobody gave it a second thought. But it's something about being in my own community that I still kind of, I don't know if I'm going out, you know, to the grocery store or going to, to target, I kind of have that in the back of my head. Oh, should I, should I put on hair? Should I wear a hat? What if I run into somebody I know? And then I think, well, who cares? You know? And then I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's like, I post pictures of myself looking like this on social media all the time. People know but you still have that inner dialogue yes with yourself yeah but you're still but you're comfortable enough to to go out yes however you feel okay. yeah I will I'll That's you good. just kind of have to have that like pep talk to myself like knock it off just do it I will say that I'm more likely to wear hair or wear a hat when I'm going out with my daughter because she's 11 and a half and for anyone who's had an 11 and a half year old it's a lot of ups and downs and she accepts it. She doesn't care if we go out and we won't potentially see any of her friends, but she's still in that, that stage where it's appearances are very important. And I've told her if that's something that can help her feel more confident, then I, then I will do it for her. But I also tell her, I don't care if your friends know that I don't have that I don't have hair. I don't care if when your friends come over, you want to show them my wigs and try them on and and have fun with it. But I understand that that's that's a sensitive thing for for a kid to have to explain, you know, no, my mom isn't sick. This is just how she is. And again, we just need to do a better job in society of this this perception of like what hair it, you know, like. It's like, it's like a yeah. like clothes, right? right? It's not, I, and and I would imagine that that internal pep talk is eventually going to subside, right? As you yes. 
because it's been so recent. It's only been a few months. Right. It really hasn't. We're like, yeah, it hasn't been out there. been long at all. And, you know, even as being job searchers. Yeah. I was just going to ask about that. I, I have been wearing hair doing interviews, honestly, because I don't want it to distract because it is such a societal thing. I, I don't know. And, and maybe I shouldn't worry about it, but at the same time, I want an employer to be focusing on my skills and not on my appearance and still seeing a woman in society without hair can be a little jarring. You know, the first, the first time, if you're not accustomed to it, just because of how we're conditioned that women have hair and men may or may not have hair, but it's okay. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I'm so disappointed in society sometimes when I have these conversations. Yeah, because society I just, can I suck. Just, I just want you to you know, bring your best self and that's what we should be doing. And if your best self involves wearing a hairpiece, then that's fine. And if it, if it involves this current version of you right here, sitting on this podcast that who knows is going to see it or listen to it. I mean, you're bringing everything you're bringing yourself. So I hope that one of your upcoming interviews, you'll feel you'll have that pep talk right before and you won't want to wear it. Maybe, maybe what I can do is, you know, how sometimes I'll ask that question, like, tell us something about yourself that we wouldn't know from your, your resume. I can just like whip it off. <laughs> I mean, you'd be memorable. I would be, I would be, you know, and part of me thinks like, like, do you feel the need to explain to people? Yes. Or do you feel like you do? I do. I do. I think because of that societal perception. And I'll admit that I've had it too. I remember when I was growing up, my sister had a friend whose stepmother had alopecia. And I remember the first time I saw her at some, you know, event that we went to with my sister and and her school um, and seeing her friend's stepmom wearing like a scarf. And I remember asking my mom, oh, is she okay? Is she going through cancer? And my mom just said, no, she just doesn't have any hair. And I, then I was just saying like, oh, okay. Like no big deal, but it's more of people worry what's wrong. 
It even happened at Avery's last pediatrician appointment. I didn't wear hair when I took her to, to her pediatrician checkup over the summer. And her doctor, who's known me since Avery was born, kind of looked at me. She was like, are you okay? And at first I was like, yeah, like, why are you asking me this? I mean, <laughs> and then, and then it dawned on me. I said, oh, I've always worn hair the times that you've seen me over the past couple of years. And then just explained, I don't have any hair anymore. So. Yeah. And that's probably an interesting thought because you kind of do, you'd like have a toe in each side of, of kind of this journey that you're on currently, right? Is that you still feel comfortable wearing hair, but also feel comfortable without wearing hair and not like towing that line also probably makes it difficult to choose one side or the other, right? Because you feel comfortable on both sides. I do. But at some point, and forgive me if this sounds wrong, I don't mean it too, but do you feel that you are catering to other people's needs over your own? By doing that? Yes and no. And I, I don't take that the wrong way or, or anything at all. I think that in some ways, I also feel more confident when I'm wearing hair in a lot of situations. Okay. So I think in that regards, I am still being true to myself. And sometimes I do cater, especially like I was saying to, to Avery and her wanting not wanting to have a bald mom, or as she likes to say, you know, I don't want my mom to look like Mr. Clean. And I'm like, well, I'm much cuter than Mr. Clean. So you don't have to and worry about that. you're not nearly that. as tall, right? Or, or as buff. Yeah. Or as buff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I just, cause I mean, at the end of the day, I wish we all could just be however we want to be without worrying about how everyone else feels about us. And I know that's not realistic yet, but that's where that question comes from is like, I've tried my best over the last couple years since my grandmother died to do the things that bring me joy, the things that I care about and try to shrink the amount of things that I do to appease others or to cater to others. Your daughter's a different, that's a, that's a different situation, right? But stop caring what I think. Stop caring what all these other people think if you can. Because I think, you know, what I see now and what I know of you has nothing to do with your hair. Right. And and that's how it should be with with people who have substance, I will say. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't have many of those. Uh, so do you think that, where do you think you would be in your hair journey uh, had those situations in 2017 not really manifested? I think had I not lost the amount of hair that I had, if assuming that it was stress related and, and things like that, I think I would still be living with thin, but manageable hair, you know, enough that I could, make it work, but certainly not enough that I would necessarily feel as confident as I do now when I either go out wearing hair or in many situations where I go out just like this. Do you think you're a different person because of this experience? I think I'm a more authentic person to quote you. How does that bleed into your life? Like how, in what ways do you feel that this part of this change in your life has made you more authentic? I think it's just helped me embrace a quality of myself that could be perceived as negative that I no longer see as a negative. And I think that's helped me embrace other aspects of of myself, of my personality that may be less than however you want to define them. But having more peace with with all other aspects of you know this is this is me this is who I am it's like that song from the Greatest Showman. What's a great movie, by the way? I agree. I agree. You don't have a beard, though. I I don't. I don't. I could probably fashion one into a beard. <laughs> 
<laughs> your confidence and the way that you hold yourself and the way that you interact on LinkedIn and the way that you approach your topics and everything is palpable. Like it is something that you're putting out there. Were you all, were you like that before? And this is just like an enhanced version of you or were you, did you have a different kind of persona before this journey? I think before probably about 2018, I was more hesitant to put myself out there. I was more concerned with appearances, with how things would come across, with what others would think. And going through you know the very stressful situations in you know 2017, 2018, and with the help of of therapy, let's plug therapy because that's yes. key for, for so many of us, if not all of us, and helping to see that I'm a great person as I am. And some people are going to appreciate that and others may not. And those others are the ones that I don't need to concern myself with or surround myself with. And it's okay to, to be me. 100%. And yes, therapy, let's plug that. I think that I think it's getting better. I think more people are accessing therapy. It's getting a little bit less stigmatized. Uh, I would say women are doing a better job than men are. Uh, but we need to to understand that therapy is not like a diagnosis that there's something wrong. Right. People go to therapy all the time, even when things are fine. Exactly. And it's just this person that has been educated in that space that is hopefully unbiased to your own life and your own circumstances that can help you put things together and make sense of things that maybe are in a little bit of disorder or approaches to things, or even in your sense that, that you bring all the value that you need and people that don't see it don't need to see it, right? right. They're not meant to be part of that, that journey for you. So yes, therapy, 100%. I was a changed person therapy myself. It was interesting. I mean, you know the story, but everyone, if you listen to episode 11, I kind of tell you my journey. But when my mom died, it took me like, it took me about 20 years to kind of grieve her loss and the only reason I did is because I, I started going to therapy, like, I want to say like late 20s, early 30s, which is when she died at eight, you know, that's, that's a long time. And I was sitting there and, and when the therapist said, you've been living your life as that eight-year-old kid and make, and he has been making those decisions. And I would have never come to that conclusion myself had had I not gone to th like, I, I would never have done that. Right. I would have, who knows where I would be had I had not had that person say those words to me that would never have come up in my head. Exactly. And everything, everything from that moment on changed. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you brought up therapy. Did you go to therapy mostly for the circumstances that were happening in your life or was it also part of of your hair journey? It actually had absolutely nothing to do with my hair journey. In fact, my, my then therapist retired before I even started wearing hair. So she had helped me through all of the other stressors in my life for probably about half a dozen years or so. And I think because of the support and advice, if you will, that, that she was able, or, you know, even just that listening empathetically to what was happening with me, it helped me not just overcome those challenges, but to overcome and be more at peace with hair loss as well. And it also sounds like, cause you, you just mentioned a little bit ago about how you kind of the version of you before and the version now. And it was almost like the version of you before was very much like I was where I was just doing the check marks, the life check marks that we were raised 
being told that we have to do, mm-hmm. right? That you have to do this and then you do this and then you do this and you're a woman. So you are a wife. So you have to do this, 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 and this. Yep. And then, and now you're kind of like that authentic, you're, you're really holding on to that authentic part of you to be like, I'm doing whatever I want. Right. Right. And I think that that's carried forward into, to so many aspects of, of my life. I mean, as, as you know, I, I left my job in April and was part of the you know, great resignation, I guess, if you will. And I wouldn't have had the strength to do that a few years ago. I wouldn't have had the strength to say, this is no longer serving me. I need to step away. I need to find something where I am more fulfilled and I am more appreciated and valued. And that's something I wouldn't have been able to do in the past. You're on a good journey. And I, I, I like this for you. And I, I don't, I mean, I only know you over the last couple months, but it's, your hair is nothing to do with you. No, nope. not a thing. And I was curious actually, whether or not you were going to come on with or without your hair piece. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you didn't wear it because I think this is like, this is you. And I hope at some point, I hope you don't have too many more, but in another interview for this job journey that you're on, you feel good enough to just, here I am. Yeah. This is it. You know, and I know you feel great in the hair pieces as well. So I'm not telling you not to wear those, <laughs> but I also, I just, I hope we get to a point in which other people don't care either. Right. And I, right? I hope that as well. Like I showed up to work the other day. I got, I got, I had to go to work. Which, Ugh, what's and that? I, I know, I know, I know. So I had to go to work and I get close to work and this is, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a male and I, you know, we get, we can have whatever hair we want with no society issues. Right. Right. So I get, I pull up and I'm like, I didn't put any product in my hair. So oh. I'm going to work with bedhead. Oh no. Nobody said anything. You yeah. know, but if a, if you, I feel like it would not be the same, people would question or, you know, mm-hmm. like nobody cared. Yeah. Nobody cared. Yeah. So I, I hope, or I love that you have this authenticity. I think you're probably teaching your daughter things that she doesn't even know she's being taught right now. I, I hope so. And I hope that she thinks of her mom as, you know, this badass who can, do hard things and shows up and she won't tell you for a while. Oh no. Oh, uh, well she will, <laughs> but it'll come out instead of as mom, I think you're so awesome. It'll come out but as mom. I really hate you. I just, <laughs> I just hear other between the lines yes, yeah, yeah. in my, in my head. But I, I hope that, and she's even said, you know, mom, am I going to lose my hair? And And I say, I don't know. I said, if you look at other women in my family, you know, my mom, my sister, her grandmother and her aunt on her dad's side, I mean, they all have all their hair. I said, so you might, you might not. I was like, and if you do, then I'm going to be there to support you just like you've been here to support me and we'll, we'll get through it together. You're teaching her the things besides the hair, right? All these things are a a byproduct of this experience that you're going through. But I mean, she, she most definitely sees you as a badass. So I don't know her, but I'm, 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 I'm going to guess that like in seven or eight years, she'll let you know. Maybe I'll go with 10 over under, you know, (laughs) let her, let her get through most of college. And then maybe she'll realize like, Oh, mom wasn't so dumb after all. (laughs) Yeah, I, I can't remember when I started thinking that about my uh, my family members, right? Like, I don't know when, at what point I was like, oh, they did mean well. Yeah, I remember I texted my mom not too long ago and just said, I'm sorry for everything I did between like <laughs> 1990 and 1999. <laughs> that was a rough, that was a rough period of time, oh, yeah. right? But at least we didn't have social media. We didn't have to worry about that. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah. So I like to wrap these calls up and you know, but if you could go back to the version of you standing in front of the mirror, getting ready for your Halloween, putting your hair up, what could this version of you say to her 
I'd be like, girl, just buy some hair, stick it on your head and rock it. You're going to be awesome. No matter, no matter how you look, no matter if you have one strand of hair on your head or a big thick head of hair, it doesn't matter. Do you think you would listen at that point? Maybe a little part of me would listen. The other part of me would just be like, but I want hair. It'd be like that whiny, you know, 11 year old in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, we're all on this. The, there's intention, I think, in these journeys that we're all going on and we have to hit certain pieces of these journeys to really get those nuggets of information or the qualities that we want to have in ourselves. And we wouldn't have these qualities had we not gone through these shifts in our life. Very true. I'm sure you agree. Yes, definitely. I don't know how to word this. Sometimes when I talk to people about their life shift, I ask if they're uh, grateful for the experience. Is this something you do you feel that that going through this and having these internal pep talks and teaching your daughter how to be a badass, no matter what the top of your head looks like, are you grateful for this? Or is there, is there some part of you that's grateful for the experience? I think I am. I think, I think I am. I don't know if I would have said that, you know, three years ago or four years ago, but I think it's something that I've embraced and that I feel has made me a stronger person and a more confident person. And I'm glad for, for this journey. And it's also been kind of a fun new way to accessorize. You know, I want to be a redhead one day. Okay. I'm going to have red hair today. I want to be blonde today. I'm going to be blonde today. So it's something that I've tried to always see the benefits of once I got past the, oh my God, this is so scary. It became something that is just a part of me that I'm, that I'm glad I have. Yeah. It adds, it adds to your character. It adds to your story. It adds something like you said, that allows you to feel however you want to feel. I, I appreciate you sharing the story. I think it's, you know, we haven't had anyone talk about this and how that affects. And I think so much of, of your story really relies on society, right? And society just advancing to the point where these things don't define us. And I feel fortunate that I've come to this acceptance and this embracement of my my hair loss because... I've also been able to help others. Even a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week ago, I posted something on LinkedIn and had a few women reach out that I hadn't connected with before in in my messages and thanked me and shared that they were going through this. And I was able to offer them some words of encouragement and just saying, you know, hey, if you ever want to talk about this, I'm I'm here. There's somebody else who knows what this is like. And, and I'm, I'm here to, to be a supporter for you. And there's a, a woman who I've never actually met in person, but she lives in my area. We connected on a hair loss group on Facebook. And I happened to notice that she had the same city as I did. So we started, we friended each other and started messaging. And every once in a while, she'll reach out and say, I went out without hair today and I felt really good. And I'm like, that's awesome. Or she'll say like, oh, my son saw a picture of you, you know, without hair on Instagram. And he was like, oh, mommy, she's pretty and bald like you. And so just being able to kind of help others is something that has been a a nice reward too. Yeah. And you're, and you're really helping kind of my goal starting the Life Shift podcast was to help people listening, not feel like they're going through something that no one else is going through, right? Exactly. So the more people like you that are sharing your story, sharing how much of a badass you are and what you can do and how there are zero limitations to facing this, people can see that there is a community of people that have gone through similar situations, may have solutions or advice. So thank you for sharing your story on this platform the Life Shift podcast is is really meant, I want each episode to find the ears that needs to hear it. And so I hope someone 
that's facing a similar situation hears your story and is like, I'm going to do it too. I, gonna, I hope so. I'm not so. going to start at a three guard. I'm going to no, start at just, the one. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> or the straight razor. That seems really dangerous. I mean, yeah, it's it's an adventure, but... <laughs> Well, I appreciate you being a part of this and sharing your story, and it was nice to see you face-to-face. Yes, you too, Matt. I'm so glad that I could come on and share this and look forward to continuing to listen and pimping you out to to other (laughs) listeners. So I wish this podcast all the success. Thank you so much. And if you are listening right now and you're all the way at the end and you're enjoying this podcast, please Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or rate on some of the other podcast platforms. Apparently it helps. So I appreciate any ratings or reviews that you can give. And we will see you next week on the Life Shift Podcast. For more information, please visit www.thelifeshiftpodcast.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.